Hey guys, Kyle Minky here with a quick announcement before we get the show going this week. Um, next Thursday night, ahead of the SAFC opener on Thursday, March 22nd, we're planning on doing a live show, a live podcast recording um, from a San Antonio area bar. We are still working on the location, but I wanted to give you a heads up just in case uh, you're interested in coming out to that saying hi, grabbing a couple drinks together while we record the podcast. That's going to be on Thursday, the 22nd, next week, uh, a couple days before the SAFC home opener. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and here is the normal show. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Man, I am so excited about that new intro. <laughs> this yeah. one still gets me pumped up. Uh, welcome to Texas Soccer Radio. Welcome, everybody, uh, listening to the podcast. Welcome, everybody, on Periscope. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday evening. Um, if you're not in Periscope chat, make sure you come hang out Thursday nights, 10 p.m. Texas time every week. Um, it's fun, fun time. So, Larry, how you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm doing good. It's been a good week. Can't complain. And it's game week, man. The season's going to start. It's time. We made it. The wait is over. Wait is over. Larry Leathers, I should say. For anyone new to the podcast, he's Larry Leathers. My name is Kyle Mankey. Um, yeah, we we have made it through preseason, man. We did it. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't screw up the podcast too badly. We had a few moments, but, you know, yeah, we made we it. Tried. We did it. <laughs> We did our best to screw it up at a couple different points, but uh, it recovered nonetheless. It's a resilient little bugger, and uh, here we are. We surely, made it surely won't be the last time this season, so we're only getting started here. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I cannot wait. We are going to talk a whole lot about that. San Antonio FC playing at Sacramento Republic FC this week. Uh, first match of the season for the Alamo City Club. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll preview our starting 11s for this match. And this is our USL preview show. So this is the one, if you're listening in October, uh, what's up, Harry? I see you in Periscope chat. Hey, Dennis, how y'all doing? Um, this is the episode, if you're listening in October, where we got everything wrong. So uh, this is the one where you get to call us out for our USL predictions. Um, excited to do that. It's going to be fun. So we're going to predict uh, what teams we think will finish best, what teams we think will finish worst, and some uh, accolades for San Antonio FC, too. Um, and then we also have a couple little notes here on other stuff going on. Um, not a whole lot, though. It's kind of like the calm before the storm, it feels like, right? Yes, it is. It's definitely the calm before the storm at this point. Man. Uh, but it's coming fast and furious. You know it is. So we may as well get right on into it right away. Yeah, let's do it, man. San Antonio at Sacramento. Um, hell of a way to start the season. Uh, obviously, it is one of the best attended stadiums as far as home matches go for Sacramento. Uh, incredibly tough place to play. And right before we got on, I was uh, watching one of the interviews that the club produced with Chris Christian, a new defender for San Antonio FC who came from Sacramento most recently. It'll be uh, his first official game with San Antonio FC is going to be at the place he just came from. And it's a hell of a place to play. So what do you think's going on through his mind and all that? Well, it's not quite the place he used to play at because they're opening a new stadium. We're helping them open their new field out there. So a little bit different venue wise, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a, should be a hell of a game, honestly. Yeah. And I, I just, Papa Murphy's Park, uh, the old Bonnie Field. Um, yeah, I, I, I've heard mixed things. Like, I've got friends in Sacramento. I, I spent some time working with Indomitable City Soccer uh, for a brief cup of coffee there. <laughs> and then, um, you know, it's, I've heard mixed things about it's incredibly tough to play there and it's very loud and everything else. And then I've also heard some things that it's a little overblown and that maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be. So 
we'll uh, we'll have to see. I'm not really sure if the league announced how to watch it. Uh, I assume it's going to be on YouTube. Well, it's it's funny you bring that up because there was something earlier today that was talking about new announcements for where to watch games. So they're supposed to be making some sort of announcement later this week. It's a good Maybe time to do it. YouTube. Maybe it's <laughs> going to be ESPN Plus. Don't know. We'll see what they get done. Yeah, that's... I know there's a lot of teams of local deals, so it maybe doesn't matter as much. But um, for folks who are counting on the YouTube uh, or yeah. folks who, you know, are trying to vote on Team of the Week and stuff who need to see the other games, it'd be nice to know how to go about doing that. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure we'll get some info. I would be surprised if it was not on YouTube, at least for now. Right. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, shout out to 210 Alliance, who's having a watch party. I know there's not an official club watch party, but I saw they're going to have one. So if you want to check that out, if you want to check out that supporters group out, you can check them out. 210 Alliance uh, over there holding it down next to the beer garden. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's going to be a late game, too. We were, we were talking earlier this week about watch parties and if there was going to be one or not. And it, it seems like a couple cropped up there, the 210 Alliance one, and I think one or two others. Um, as well but yeah, yeah it's a late years are doing one and mission city is probably yeah. doing one if i had to guess and it's what a nine nine thirty start our time so yeah, yeah it's a late one good old west coast man i was born and raised in california i'm convinced that my body is just set to western time and that's why i'm such a night owl <laughs> but uh maybe i'm just irresponsible and stay up too late Who well, knows? Then what the hell's what the hell's wrong with me i'm from the east coast <laughs> i'm a night owl too <laughs> all messed up here we are in texas man um i guess we should get to that little piece of breaking news that we teased on twitter earlier yep we got it we got the scoop for you guys yeah scoops scoops manky over here reporting um so we were a little confused earlier this week because at the end of last season jose escalante received a straight red card in his final match rgv's final match of the season at san antonio uh coincidentally enough and then when the disciplinary report came out this week he was not listed um so uh, jonathan check uh spotted that and and we were all talking about it a little bit but um i reached out to the league and i reached out to the club and um (laughs) i need to preface this with the fact that you know i saw somebody put snitches get stitches earlier um, hand to God, I did not bring this to their attention. They knew <laughs> it's, it's a pretty capable bit of folks over there at the USL and at SAFC. So everyone was aware of it. Um, however, Jose Escalante will be suspended for week one of the USL season. Um, so he will not be eligible for selection in Sacramento. There goes my starting 11. <laughs> Tear it up. Trash it. Yeah. Gone. Yeah, Larry, we haven't really even gotten much of a chance to talk about we it. Haven't. So, we haven't at all. I'm breaking it to everybody here. But um, yeah, so Jose Escalante will not be in Sacramento. Um, again, if you're just joining us, he will be suspended for that, for that first match of the season for the red card that he received um, in San Antonio last year, coincidentally enough. So he should be eligible for the uh, home opener here in San Antonio against St. Louis. But um, yeah, and, and the reasoning behind that, it wasn't a mistake on the league. Uh, it was just the paperwork side of things. It, it was uh, something they were aware of, and they told me so a few days ago. But, um, you know, wanted to get clarification, and that's about as clear as it's going to get. So uh, he is suspended. They were aware of it, and it was not a mistake on the league's part. So there we go. Yeah. Um, what does that do? I know you made the joke about, you know, there goes you starting 11, but what do you think that does for the club after seeing all these preseason matches and kind of expecting him to get that start? I, well, I, I was definitely expecting him to get the start. I mean, between him and Presley have been riding down that left side. So I was expecting based on what I've seen to have Escalante there. He was originally in my starting 11 earlier this week. I literally talked to you, what, 20 minutes before the podcast and found out he wasn't going to be playing for sure. So yeah, my starting 11 was had him penciled in there up until that point. So 
Presley's just going to slide right back on in there into that spot now. Yeah, and we can go over our starting 11s here in just a second. But yeah, I I definitely think that left wing is a position where it's kind of up for grabs. I think Tier Pack, as long as he's healthy and not being rested, Tier Pack is going to be one of those outside midfielders um, without question. Just unless he takes a huge dip in form once the season gets going. Um, but I think Tier Pack has that other side locked up. So on the other side, you're talking about Connor Presley, Omar Gordon. Um, Cesar Elizondo played out there a little bit in a preseason friendly. Um, And Mike Seth has been playing fullback and he's a striker. I wonder if he could shift forward a little bit into that slot. Um, So you, you have a few to select from there, but yeah, it it definitely thins the herd a little bit with Escalante out. And I mean, you ran through the names there and I, I'll be honest. I, I toyed with all three of those guys, Presley, Gordon, um Escalante or not Escalante Elizondo yeah um, and putting them up there in that slot but Presley's had it pretty well locked down most of the preseason other than when Escalante's there so I'm 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 working under the assumption that it's going to be Presley now that Escalante's out yeah I'm right there with you man um I uh, I'm really confused with Omar Gordon because he makes such great plays with the ball at his feet. Um, he, he just breaks defenders' ankles. It's ridiculous what he can do with the ball. But there's been so many times last year and even in the preseason this year where you're just, like, yelling at him to shoot. <laughs> and, like, right. he, he wants to dish it off to a teammate or, you know, something happens. And it's – man, who is the player – Oh man, was it Jason Johnson a couple of years ago that kind of did that too, where he was just like a little too late or laid off at a couple different places? I can't remember what. Was, but he was the king of hesitation. Like yeah. it was, it was always screaming at the screaming at the games to shoot the ball, and he would never shoot the ball. Yeah. He'd, he'd try to make that one more step, and it'd be one too many, and the play would fall apart. And yeah, I'm. I have a lot of I'm I'm optimistic about Gordon um, because that it's like the finishing touch that he just needs to find again. Like we saw it a little bit when he got here, and obviously he has it tearing up uh, Red Stripe League in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I hope that we see that. I hope he gets some minutes and can find some confidence and all that because to have. Uh, Escalante, Tierpak, and Gordon is kind of your main three rotating, and then Presley getting some minutes in there too, and maybe Elizondo getting more comfortable outside. Um, yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of options, though. I guess is is what it comes down to. No, no shortage of options. That's that's an understatement, and it makes it tough to come up with starting 11s. Yeah. So let's dive into that. Let me pull mine up here. Do you want to go over yours first, or do you want me to? Whip let's see what you up? got here. Let's see what you got right. going on here. Um, oh man, I didn't save. So, um, from the back, let's start there. Okay. I've got Restrepo and goal. No big surprise there. Um, Cochran and King as the outside defenders as the fullbacks. Um, probably no surprise there. Nope. <laughs> um, for the central defending pairing, this is where it gets a little tricky. What I've got is Chris Christian and if he's healthy, Stephen McCarthy. I don't know that he's healthy or not, though. Didn't get to go to training this week. So no, I didn't, I didn't get there got, either. I've got McCarthy penciled in, uh, but my next man up would be Ryan Felix in that spot. Um, but I'm going with McCarthy for, for the sake of penciling one in. So I'm going to stop you right there. We are exactly the same. <laughs> It's awesome. literally on mine. It's McCarthy with an asterisk dash Felix. <laughs> so yeah, we're exactly the same at the, up to that point. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and then after that, I've got kind of a four, one, four, one, like we've seen from this team forever. So uh, in the defending midfield in the six, I've got Pekka and then I've got um Left to right, Connor Presley, Mikey Lopez, Sonny Guadarrama, and Chris Tierpak. Um, so Presley is the left winger, like we talked about. Uh, Tierpak is the right. 
And then um, Mikey Lopez is kind of an eight as a box to box. And then uh, Sonny Guadarrama is the 10. Um, and then uh, Ever Guzman as the striker. So we've actually got the same group of players just arranged <laughs> slightly differently. <laughs> so I've got a four-two-three-one. So I've got Pekka and Lopez playing back as defensive midfielders. Um, Presley, Guadarrama, Tierpak going across as the attacking midfielders and Guzman up front. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, hand to God, we did not talk to each other about this before. We did not consult each other. So no, we didn't. That's funny that we ended up with basically the same, same it, starting eleven. Just makes this. It makes the most sense. And like, I would have Escalante in there for Presley if Escalante was available. Yeah, mm, yeah. And then McCarthy's the big holdup. I, if we knew more about the situation, then maybe we could be more exact about it. But we just know nothing. <laughs> We really if do. If you're in our Periscope chat, let us know what you think. If you disagree with anything, um, let us know in chat. And we'll get to you uh, as soon as we can. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I there's there's a couple guys not on there that I think we had penciled in as definite starters at one point. Um, and I think it's interesting that we've gotten to this point. Um, the first one being Ryan Rashindel being named club captain. But, um, you know, he played well in the preseason, but so did Pekka. Yeah. And so it's, I don't know how you fit both of those guys in unless you're having Pekka come on as an eight and Rishindal as a six and letting Pekka have a little more freedom in that central midfield. But um, then you're, you're leaving off Mikey Lopez or Sonny Guadarrama or Cesar Elizondo. Um, which Cesar Elizondo is the guy who we thought for sure was going to be this team's 10 coming into the season. So, I mean, who's, who's your guy that you're most surprised that you left off? I'm going with Rashindel as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like it's, it's crazy because we haven't talked about this at all, but we are on the exact same page. As all of <laughs> I, right, I mean, Ryan Rashindel's the captain, and yeah. I don't know how much captaining he's going to be doing except coming off the bench now. <laughs> Yeah, and in the ro- if the rotations, if we see them, you know, from game to game, that that's where we'll probably see Rishindal more. But I'm expecting Cochran to be our captain for this game. I don't know yeah. if you feel the same way. Yeah, if Rishindal's out, I would think Cochran would get the armband. Um, Harry says that Felix should be a starter. Um, in his opinion, I think I forgot the phrasing, but Harry said Felix should be a starter, and that's hard, man, because you've got. It's just like last year where we had all these center backs who could all start on any other team. Um, Christian McCarthy and Felix are really gunning for those two starting spots unless they start playing three at the back. Um, I feel like as, as good of a dude as he is and as fun as he has been to talk with over the last year plus, um, Cyprian Hedrick is on the outside looking in right now on this starting 11 and I didn't see anything in preseason to change my mind on that. And it's frustrating because he was one of the best defenders in the league at OKC. So I don't know what happened when he came to San Antonio, if it was that injury or what happened there. I, man, I don't know. It, you're, I think you're right. Hedrick's on the outside looking in at this point. Um, I think he's just going to be a sub this season or the rotation. Same thing is yeah. a lot of these guys, we've got so much depth. A lot of these guys are, I'm thinking we're going to see more rotation game to game and getting guys rest other than Cochran. Cause he's the iron man. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. We've got so many good players that need to be on the field and not enough spots to use them. <laughs> we can just field 12 people, right. Or go back to having five subs in USL like we had in 2016. <laughs> yeah. Do that. Fuck FIFA rules. Who needs them? <laughs> oh, so, man. With Sacramento, um, we meant to have someone on to talk about Sacramento specifically. We may still try and get that as a bonus episode, um, but no promises on that. But um, for Sacramento, you're, you've got a team with a new head coach. You've got a team that had some pretty significant roster pieces moving around and a team that um, – is really relying on that home field advantage and has its eyes on MLS, which still hasn't made a decision on its second expansion team to join Nashville. Um, it's almost April. 
Um, so uh, Sacramento, I think, is going to be a tough team, not a top team, though, in the USL West. So uh, as far as this game goes, call me a homer, but I actually have San Antonio FC winning this match on the road to start the season. I think you might be underestimating the Monarchs a little bit. Um, Republic. They, they, or Yeah, sorry. Blah. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about them later. They're on my list. for. What am I saying here? Blah. I'm getting off track. I'm staring over at my notes and going, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I think we might be under, underestimating Sacramento a little bit. They've, got a, they've had some pieces move around, but they've got a strong core there. And I think they're going to put up more of a fight than you think. I'm honestly seeing them still be a top six team for this season in the league or in the, in the West, at least. Um, I think they're going to put up a hell of a fight, but I still see as San Antonio coming out on top this week. Yeah. I've, I think I've got them as a fringe playoff team, like somewhere between six and 10 on the table, which I assume Side note, and maybe this is too inside baseball, but the USL, as far as I know, still hasn't released a media guide with the rules of the season. So we don't know what actually makes the playoffs officially. It should be top eight if it's like last season. But um, yeah, we'll we'll figure that out if it's not out by Monday. But um, yeah, I think Sacramento is probably a fringe playoff team in my opinion. But I'm, I'm seeing them right around the sixth slot. Yeah, that's that's where I'm pegging them. But we've both got San Antonio winning this weekend. Yes. Homer What's podcast score prediction? 101. Score prediction like 10-0. Um <laughs> I I'm going to go I'm going to go the old 1-0. Nothing too fancy. Just get get in, get the 3 points, get out. 1-0. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0 San Antonio. All right. There we are. So, anything else on this first match on week one? No, I'm just glad it's here. It's been too long. I'm so glad. I'm so glad, especially for the the writing side of things on 210soccer.com. It's it's tough writing about a team that's not currently playing. (laughs) So, I'm pretty excited to have games to write about now, real games. Especially for a team that's as tight-lipped as San Antonio. Yeah. Doesn't make it easy. No kidding. They SAFC does a good job of letting media in a little bit compared to, like, the Spurs, the Spurs NBA side. Um, but even then, like, you know, it's just hard. It's not, like, it's not like this is the NFL or NBA or something where, you know, every time a player takes a shit, it's documented on Snapchat or something by paparazzi. So... It's, uh, you know, I'm glad games are here. Let's put it that way. And we'll have a preview up on 210soccer.com on Saturday morning for this match. Um, and I believe Jonathan Check will have an article up Friday morning on something else besides this match. So a little plug there for uh, J Check Footy, Check J Footy. All right. So you want to get to our big hitting USL predictions? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> All right. Um, you want to start with the top three of both conferences? Does that work for you? That works for me. Are you going – now, here's my big question here is, are you going in order, one, two, and three, or are you just Ooh. in no definitive order? I wasn't, but I can if you want to put higher stakes on this. Nah, we could do no definitive order. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't necessarily list them in definitive order, but I, I like I said, I could. But <laughs> So – Top three in USL West. Um, call me a homer. I did it last year too, but I'm putting San Antonio FC up in the top three. Um, they were a great team last year, and I think they only got better this year. So uh, I've got SAFC. I've got Swope Park Rangers, um, which is my little shaky pick <laughs> just because there's a lot of unknowns there. And I'm taking a real big swing here and going with Real Monarchs Salt Lake City for my third. See, I don't think you're taking that big of a swing with that. Um, This is me scrambling my brain when we were talking about Sacramento there because I've got the Monarchs here and I was sitting here staring at my notes. I knew that's Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I've got the Monarchs in in the top three. Um, San Antonio, take the homer pick. Um, And my third team is Phoenix. Ooh. 
think it's going to be Phoenix. San Antonio part two. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> um, I think Phoenix is really good. Um, is going to be very good. I, I think their attacking side of the ball is incredible with um, Drogba and Billy Forbes when he's on his game. Um, Jason Johnson found some really great form when he went out to Phoenix. He was solid last year. Um, my only question was their defense. And I feel like um, the three teams that I picked are all going to have more balanced squads than Phoenix. But I do think that Phoenix is probably number four on my list. See, and I have Phoenix in there because of their attack. And I don't think the defense is going to matter as much for them. They're just going to come out and put up three, four goals a game and and make it work that way. So, yeah. you know, um, if the other teams, if they can stop a goal or two and, you know, only have the other team score one or two goals a game and they can put up three or four, I think that's the way they're going to go. I'm just hoping that we don't have what happened with Jason Johnson happen with Vega <laughs> and with Forbes because he got out there and he was their leading scorer for the season. He took yeah. off. I don't know why he couldn't shoot here with us, but he sure as hell found his foot when he went over there. I definitely think that that's going to be like a revenge game when uh, Phoenix and San Antonio play this season. <laughs> like I cannot wait to see that game. That's going to be fun. I feel like they should just play it with no, no refs. Just, <laughs> it's going to happen either way. Just, right. just let it happen. <laughs> I would love to see them play. I know this probably would never happen, but I'd love to see them play Billy on the right or Greg on the right so that they would match up defensively, uh, Cochran and Forbes. Um, I don't think that would happen, but, you know, it would be fun. That would be very fun. <laughs> That'd be very fun to see. So top three in the East. <clears throat> Let's see. So do you want to go first on this one since I went first in the West? That's fine. I've got Tampa Bay, Louisville, and the Indy 11. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Did we pick the same things again? We picked the exact same thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to have to have some like tiebreaker bets or something that come up. Um, Harry says his playoff teams, one Phoenix, San Antonio, two St. Louis, Salt Lake City, Fresno, Reno, OKC, and Sacramento rounding out the top eight. So that's your picks from Harry there. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, interesting that you have Phoenix up top. That's very interesting. Um, yeah. On the East, on the top three of the East, <laughs> um, Tampa, Louisville, they won last year and they have the same damn team this year. So, like, how can yeah. you not pick Louisville to be in the top three? Um, Tampa, I think, is a really solid squad that brought back a lot of guys from last year and is just, it seems like a team that's built for consistency. Um, Indy, though, I thought I was being clever with that. I thought picking one of the new guys would give us some differentiation there, but. Um, I was looking at Indy's roster and who they brought in this year. And I feel like they are built to compete in 2018, that this is not going to be a transition year for them. Definitely. I feel the exact same way. I think it's also big house, big game. I think those guys playing, playing in Lucas Oil Stadium are, are going to bring the A game and, and really show off this season. That's going to be so dope. I can't wait to see that. Well, that's a. I would now that they're playing in that stadium. I would love to go to that game. Yeah, that would be fun. Like just to go and like see the stadium without having to pay NFL prices. I would love that. (laughs) So the bottom, the basement dwellers Um, in the West. I have um, OKC. I have Portland. And I have Las Vegas as my bottom three. We've got two of the three same. Of course we do. (laughs) We've got uh, the shit show that is Las Vegas. (laughs) I mean, as long as Angel Alvarez is out there tackling folks out of the goal, you know, it'll it'll be a good game. Um, I've got Portland because Portland, they don't really even try. (laughs) And they don't have any consistency. I mean, they're just all over the place every every game. They don't they don't keep it consistent. So, um, my third 
and and everybody's gonna love this is is Rio Grande Valley. <laughs> RGB down at the bottom. Going for the full homer. Right. Somebody's got it. in the bottom. Yeah. Somebody's got it, and it's gonna be me. <laughs> I love it. I'm the one everybody likes on this podcast. I it's gotta pick true. homer picks, man. It's true. It's so fucking true. <laughs> If we ever want to double our plays, we'll announce that you're doing a solo episode. We uh, tried that and then I bailed. <laughs> <laughs> so with OKC, I think the coaching change and a lot of the player turnover is going to hurt them. Um, T2, it sounded like they're going to try and compete this year and they're going to try and put a better product out there. But until I see it, I have a hard time believing that. Agreed. Um and then Las Vegas, I love that team, man. I love Las Vegas. Um, they are winning in every single sense, except I don't think that they're going to win on the field. Um, the roster that they put together, um, it, it doesn't impress me too much. I could be totally wrong, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like Las Vegas is a, is a basement dweller this year. I don't know how they're winning anything at this point. Like <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they only win a handful of games this season, three, yeah. four games. Um, Damn. They're definitely not winning in the Jersey department. <laughs> I like their jerseys. Man. No. They're tacky as shit, but I like they them. are tacky as shit. And the, those away jerseys didn't get any better. <laughs> I feel like they just, they're just as bad as the, the home kids. I don't understand the, um, like, did these players know that they were going to be shirtless this much when they signed with this team? Like, was that in their player contracts? Um, For those who didn't see it, Las Vegas, um, who I feel like has become the second team that we talk about on this podcast, um, Las Vegas introduced their away kits this week by um, body painting some of their players with the away kit. And then bringing out the actual one after that. I think they had shorts on, but they painted on the top. Um, Which, like, whatever, man. It's just Las Vegas is going to Las Vegas. (laughs) They're definitely accomplishing that goal. Yeah, we'll talk more about that later. But, um, yeah, that entertaining as hell. I love that team. I think it has a lot of potential, and I want to go to a game there. Um, but I don't see them winning. So, well, no, they're, it's going to be entertaining as hell to watch them this season. But like, same thing. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win. Yeah, fun to watch. Don't go there if you want to see playoff games. <laughs> you want to take our pot shots at the bottom of the East? Um, let's see. Bottom three of the East. I've got Atlanta. I've got Penn FC, and I've got the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Hey, we only matched up on one that time. There you go. <laughs> What's your, uh, well, I'll tell you mine and then I want to hear your thoughts on yours. Cause I've got Atlanta also. Um, I feel like that's kind of the, the popular pick right now for worst in the East, least in the East, if you will. Um, and then I've got Toronto and North Carolina FC after that. Okay. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on, uh, on why you picked yours. Um, Atlanta. I think the big thing here is the talent and it's going to be the rise and the fall of them because it's a lot of young talent. Um, there's definitely some potential there, but being a new team and it's first season, I think they're going to need a year or two to get it together. I don't necessarily think that they have the talent in one spot like we did with our first season. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be some growing pains, and I think that's going to keep them down at the bottom of the, bottom of the, the the lineup this year, the bottom of the standings this year. How they're treating it reminds me of T2 last year. <laughs> like it, it feels like an afterthought in a lot of ways. Um, well, yeah, I mean, when you're with you. when your main squad's pulling seventy thousand people to a game, who cares yeah. about your second squad? <laughs> no kidding, man. No kidding. That's great for that market. Um, I went with. Toronto finished in the bottom of the East last year. So no big surprise there, but uh, North Carolina, I kind of went the opposite way with, I think the guys that they picked up um, combined with the transition into a new league and a lot more travel to a lot of different places compared to NASL. 
I think all of that's going to combine into a not great season for North Carolina um, in this transition year for them. So I know that's a little hypocritical, but uh, Harry says, Pittsburgh, I have them top six in the East. Uh, Coach Lily always seems, seems to always win. I don't think Lily can save them. I really don't. At least not this year. I think it might be a dated model. And I know that's hypocritical to say because San Antonio plays a very defensive style, but the Bob Lilly special of one milling teams all the way into the playoffs. Um, I mean, am I alone there? Like it feels like USL has become more of an attacking league in the last two years. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. There's a lot more attacking power being shown off across the league and in both sides, both conferences here. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, he's probably got the players to run his system there, but I just don't feel like they're going to get it together. I don't think he can, he can put it together for this season and save that team. It's definitely gotten a lot more competitive um, over the last few years. So I'm, um, I'm interested, man. USL is fucking fun, dude. Like, <laughs> it's. I feel like it's been different every single preseason that we've come into it. Like, 2016, it was new. 27, like new to us. Uh, 2017, we went down to three subs and more of a official style league. And now, like, the league is quadrupled in size. <laughs> like, it's fun, man. This is a fun league to cover it's a good time to be in this league with, with all the growth. I mean, it's, it's definitely th- making things more interesting all the time. So who is your championship matchup? Taking the Homer pick. Ah, oh, this guy. San Antonio. Who are they versing though? They're going up to the big house. They're going to Indianapolis to play the Indy 11 for the championship. Interesting. Indy taking the East in their first year. I wouldn't be surprised. I have them in my top three. They're not my top one, though. Um, Out of the East, I have Louisville returning where they uh, have been recently. And uh, facing them at Kyle underscore Mankey, if you want to hate tweet me, uh, I've got Salt Lake City. Oh, come on. I know. Come on. San Antonio last year and I got let down. I can't go through that again. Um, It just hurt too bad. So I would love to be wrong there from a San Antonio point of view, or I don't live in San Antonio, but you know what I mean? I cover San Antonio. Um, I, I would love to be wrong there and see San Antonio take it out of the West and take the championship. Um, it's going to be tough, man. And for some reason, elimination games haven't been great for San Antonio. Um, Harry says his USL title is San Antonio FC versus the Tampa Bay Rowdies. A little NASL rematch there. Um, Would be a good game. But yeah, I, I do think San Antonio has the ability to win the West with some of the new players they brought in and, uh, you know, just how this team has developed, but <sighs> Salt Lake city was really damn good last year. <laughs> and we got to learn how to win a shootout. I know that's a coin flip, but <laughs> like, well, I, I, I think, I think San Antonio is going to have to get past Salt Lake to make it to Indy. I think it's going to be those, that's going to be the Western conference championship game is Salt Lake and San Antonio. Yeah. Um, What's your, what's your results for your championship game there? Oh, I've got Salt Lake city uh, beating Louisville. And I've got San Antonio beating Indy 11, two to one. There it is. Put it in stone, write it everywhere. Hold us accountable (laughs) at Kyle underscore Mankey at Larry Leathers 87 at TX soccer radio hate tweet us let us know and let us know seriously i'm joking about the hate tweet but let us know what you think what are your picks for top three and bottom three what are your picks for championship all of that let us know at tx soccer radio um or at our individual accounts there too um on twitter of course so man that's heavy i feel i always feel bad like predicting who's gonna be the shittiest (laughs) like that's such an easy thing for me to sit here and do in my chair at home drinking my seven and seven (laughs) like 
Somebody's got to do it. It may as well be us. <laughs> Does somebody have to do it though? I don't know. <laughs> somebody will do it. So it might as well be us, right? I don't know. This isn't the kind of soccer kids are playing these days where everybody gets a participation trophy. Okay, man, this is, <laughs> there are going to be losers and I will predict who they're going to be. It's going to happen. That's the kind of soccer that I'm coaching this year. As a side note, I, I was at a coach's meeting earlier today, which is part of why we didn't prep as well as we should have as well as we normally do. Um, coaching some four and unders, some U4. So, um, you know, Make those kids winners. Don't don't reward them if they're I'm, losers. Man. I'm prepping them for the academy, man. For the the academy. <laughs> you should so, see. I mean, get them a little bit older and and get the connections role and get Rashindle to go run a, run by a practice and. I don't know. I just said he wasn't going to make the starting eleven, so he may come run over to practice and kick yeah. my ass. And then... but he's all about those academy kids, man. <laughs> yeah, it's for the kids. Yeah. Well. First thing is getting my kid away from Paw Patrol for enough time to play a soccer game. So we'll start there and worry about the academy later. Just put Paw Patrol down in the opposing net. He'll run right towards it and bring the ball with him. Bro, that would be perfect. That's all I need to do. (laughs) Um, So SAFC, we're going to make a couple predictions about the club. Um, Top scorer, top assists, and top clearances is what we're going with this week or this year for SAFC predictions. Um, so who is your top scorer for San Antonio FC? It's going to be Guzman. Wow. I thought we would have the same person there. And Now, you did send me the rundown. So I saw who your people were mm-hmm. after I'd already written mine in. So I, I, made, a, about that. I made a small <laughs> amendment on my top score because I do, I do think you're, you're not that far off the mark. Um, so who, who's yours? It is, uh, Mr. Chris Tierpak. Yeah. He's my number two. Tierpak. Yeah. Um, do you get goal predictions at all? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you think he's going to do this year? Like how many, how oh, many man, dude. Billy Forbes was our leading scorer last year. He had 10. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. Um, I want to say the league leader was 17, yeah, something like something that, like 17, that. 18. I, barring injury and barring anything too crazy, I am going to say that Chris Tierpak will score 11 goals this year, taking the SAFC record from Phoenix Rising Billy Forbes. What if I told you I have both – Guzman and Tierpak beating the San Antonio scoring record. Both like both of them will be up there. That's a lot of goals. It's a lot of goals. (laughs) It's a whole lot of goals because I've got Guzman pegged at 21. Is that a USL record? It might be. I think Guzman's going to take this, this league by storm this year. He very well could, man. And I've got Tierpak putting in 13. Man, I, I'm not as optimistic as you, but I am optimistic. I do think that Ever Guzman, for the system that Darren Powell deploys, I think Ever Guzman is the best striker that San Antonio FC has had in its three seasons or two seasons so far. Um, I, I don't know if I'm willing to say that they'll both break the SAFC scoring record, but I think one of them will. And I, my next guess besides tier pack for top scorer was going to be Guzman. Uh, Harry says he thinks Guzman with 15 goals. So yeah, maybe I'm being the conservative one here. That's weird. So I'm super optimistic. I'm way off the charts. <laughs> I love it. I mean, though, dude. That's what <laughs> man. I, I think it's going to happen. It's going to happen here for it's big predictions. Can't hit a home run if you don't swing big. Right. That's right. So, top assists. I get the feeling we're going to have the same person here. I'm pretty sure we are. Guadarrama? Oh, I had Restrepo. Uh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, Sonny Guadarrama just looked like a fucking machine in preseason. And, you know, again, health being the great equalizer of all things in sports. Um, if he's healthy and this team is healthy, he is going to feed that machine of Ever Guzman and Chris Tierpak. And yeah, I, I'm really impressed by that signing. 
Yeah, no, I think right there with you. Guadarrama is going to be our assist leader for this season for sure. Hands down, nobody else even has a chance. Yeah, I, I'm going to say that Mikey Lopez might have a chance. He's someone who seems really motivated to score and contribute to this team. And, I mean, he flat out said he wants to win MVP this year. So, um, you know, we'll see how that plays out when we get to the official games here soon. But um, do you think, as a side note, we didn't talk about this before, but I don't think Greg Cochran has scored at San Antonio FC in all of his many, many, many minutes with the club. Do you think this is the year that he scores? I hope it's the year that he scores, but <laughs> I think it's just a coin flip at this point. Right. I mean, um, he does such a fucking great job with distribution and with defending. I, I'm not really worried about him scoring with all the other people we've got on the team at the moment. Like, let him, let him do Greg, because Greg does great things as it is right now. Harry says he has Escalante with the most assists, but Sonny and Guzman connection could seriously challenge. Um I don't disagree, man. I think Escalante is a huge pickup too. Um, Again, in case you missed it earlier, Escalante will not be there for Sacramento. Um, So he'll have to do that minus one game that he serves that suspension for. Um, But yeah, it's definitely possible. I think that left midfielder spot is totally up in the air right now. I think if Presley comes out or Gordon comes out or Elizondo or whoever plays on that left wing, in Sacramento can really earn some minutes if they do well. Oh, definitely. For sure. That's that. If, if any position is up for grabs, it's that one right now. So top clearances on the defensive side, who you got? I have a feeling we might have the same thing here too. Chris, Chris <laughs> Christian. Yeah. I think he's going to be the guy consistently getting the starts. Um, Stephen McCarthy, has had a health issue all through preseason, so we don't know if he's going to be healthy for Sacramento or not. Um, we don't know what the rotation is going to be like with Ryan Felix or Cyprian Hedrick or you know who's going to be playing center back. So I feel like the safe bet is Chris Christian there. That's who I got to. I, I don't think he's coming off the field. I don't necessarily think that Christian's in the rotation. I think he's got his spot locked down. Um, I'm expecting to see some rotation in the other side with McCarthy's spot and Felix rotating in and out. But yeah, I think Christian's our new Ibiaga. I keep forgetting about Giancarlo Cuomo who played really well in uh preseason. So we've got so many center backs. They're going to have to probably play some different positions back there to get time on the field. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, Harry says Felix is our new Sebastian Ibiaga. Ooh. I don't uh, maybe maybe I don't know that anybody's the new Sebastian Ibiaga, but I do think that I do think that Felix oh man I don't know I don't know I was gonna say the same thing about Chris Christian in that he's not gonna be as good as um Sebastian Ibiaga fucking Arizona upset by a 13 seed fuck basketball Ugh. Sorry, push notification. <laughs> uh, that just ruined my bracket. Um, I, I don't think that um, Chris Christian is going to be as good as Ibiaga was in 2017. Like no. he's probably not going to win all league defender, but I do think that he's going to be one of the best defenders that San Antonio have seen has seen, which is saying a lot. I think he's just going to be the closest we get to Ibiaga's clearances. I think really that's more what I'm I'm getting at here is yeah I don't he, I don't think he's going to win defender of the year MVP on the defensive side or anything um but I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with based on what we've seen with preseason so far. I think I said Giancarlo Cuomo, Gianluca Cuomo, but regardless, Gianluca Gianluca, is that how you say it? Yeah. I don't know. Like, this is another <laughs> organization that hasn't released a media guide in San Antonio FC. And that media guide has the pronunciation guide in it. So we're, we're flying blind here. I don't know. As someone who's had his last name butchered many, many times, I don't have too much sympathy. <laughs> we'll always do our best, <laughs> though. Uh, anyway, a couple little notes here from around USL that have nothing to do with predictions. Um, Chellis has been promoted at Las Vegas, 
lights FC. Um, because when a head coach gets ejected and smokes a cigarette in the crowd, the best way to show him you mean business is to promote him to technical director. <laughs> so, um, and his son was, who was an assistant coach, uh, has been named head coach since. So what do you think about our favorite non-Texan team and this decision here? <laughs> we said they were going to be entertaining. This is, this is entertaining. Be entertained people. I don't you know. I don't, fastest coach turnover ever i don't know (laughs) what are they doing out there (laughs) this reminds me man every year i watch band of brothers um and it reminds me of when they wanted to get rid of the character um that david schwimmer plays the person that david schwimmer plays shouldn't say character and so they promoted him to a different position that sent him somewhere else away from what he was doing and uh you know messing up things so i i'm curious if it was something like that where they're like all right he's not going to work out as a head coach but we also don't want to fire him like let's move him up to technical director but i don't think they would have fired him i think he's got too much soccer knowledge for that but it's do you think they timing do you think they make it past one season Las Vegas or the uh, Jealous and, and his son. I think they may have new new people in there next year. I don't know, man. I don't know because this um, this team they're they're gonna prove me completely wrong and end up winning the West or some shit. But right now, as of you know March sixteenth or whatever it is right now, um, they don't look like a great squad and. I don't know, man. I don't know what you do about that. Did you just say the 16th? Isn't it the 15th? I don't know. Well, it'll be the 16th by the time people hear this, right? That's true. Periscope. (laughs) Keep forgetting. I was confused there for a second. Yeah, we are. Think about that. (sighs) Anyway, and the uh, the other thing was that Phoenix released their renderings for their MLS, their potential MLS stadium, and uh, said that it can be built adjacent to their current USL location, but they are open to other locations as well throughout the Phoenix Metroplex. Um, what do you think about it? Did you get a chance to check out the renderings? I did. And I'm, I'm going to say, welcome to the hot box. Like that's <laughs> Jesus. Why did we make an open air stadium? It's in Phoenix. I do it's like an open air stadium in Phoenix, Arizona. It's a horrible idea. It's a beautiful stadium. It'd be beautiful somewhere else with some different logos in it. I, if the stuff, if the stuff that's listed, I'm pulling up the actual renderings here so that I can read it verbatim. But if the stuff that's listed actually works, then I love it. Um, I'm just really skeptical on how this works. And maybe that makes me naive and, you know, Kyle Kepner can come punch me in the face because I'm sure he, maybe we'll get him on to talk about it or Sam Doe or somebody, but. It's a gorgeous stadium. It really is. But I mean, you're talking about, oh, we have to have all our games after 7 p.m. because that's when we're going to be in the shade. We're going to load the schedule so we don't have games in the three hottest months of the summer. Like, what do we going to arrange the whole schedule around Phoenix and their stadium's heat. I, I know they've got some, it sounds like they've got some cool ideas for how to cool it down with everything from misters to waterfalls at the front where the air will be blowing through um, to cool the air before it enters the stadium. And I yeah. think it's cool in theory, but is it going to work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the things, and if you haven't seen it, you can check out Phoenix rising's Twitter account um, at PHX rising FC. They have the renderings on there. I'm sure it's probably on their website too, but some of the features uh, an asymmetrical bowl so that it has uh, mountain shadow type shading over some of the seats. It's designed to maximize wind and airflow water walls and misters to help cool down different areas Um, they're going to cover the seats when they're not in use to help keep them from heating up during the day. Um, It's a lot of really great ideas. I just don't know if it'll work. Um, It's interesting to me because of any market that was going to play in an NFL stadium, 
Phoenix seems like one of the best candidates because the Arizona Cardinals stadium uses natural grass last I checked I'm pretty sure that whole tray slides out and they grow actual grass to use um, which is you know part of the problem of using NFL stadiums is that turf Um, but you're not wrong it's a cool system to see Um, I went to Phoenix uh, two years ago I was out in Phoenix two years ago and they had the the grass rolled out we drove past the stadium and it was rolled out next to it so it's a cool system i mean you're right that would be a perfect candidate to play in for a a usl or an mls team but i don't know they wanted to make some open air nonsense instead (laughs) i don't know if it's nonsense but it is um curious i'm curious about it and how it would work you know i as someone who has spent too many hours in the ballpark in arlington um, I know that, you know, stadiums can really suck if the airflow isn't right. And if it's just an oven, um, so obviously this would be significantly more high tech than that 20 year old stadium, but, uh, you know, it's still in Phoenix. So, I mean, we'll it's, see. it's, it's a different kind of heat. I'll give you, give them that. And, you know, it's not like the heat we get here. It's not humid. It's super dry. So I mean, if you can get in the shade, you're you're usually in pretty good shape. But and it's not like they're not playing in open air stadiums right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, I don't know. It's I don't, but I mean, they're not really. They're playing in a stadium that's a pop up stadium right now. You know, if you're going to build a permanent fixture, it feels like you'd put a little bit more effort into cooling it down. I mean. I, I don't know how much more the cost would go up building a clo- enclosed stadium. Obviously, it'd probably go up quite a bit, but they don't even have the land secured at this point. So who knows where that stadium's going to be? They said that they're supposed to find out in the next 90 days um, if they're going to be able to get all the approvals for the land in that spot currently. Well, we may not even have the second team from the final three remaining between Detroit, Sacramento, and Cincinnati by then. So... We'll see. But, Who knows? Yeah, that's a mess. Um, anyway, uh, as far as MLS goes, just a quick side note. Um, Phoenix, yeah, I don't really want to get on all that. But I think Phoenix is definitely interesting for MLS because it's a huge market that doesn't have MLS. And it doesn't look like San Diego is going to work out. So we'll see if they shift their eyes east a little bit after these Find this final one for this round is, is right. finished. I mean, it's definitely another team to watch. They're they're up there. They've got a good shot. I'm contractually obligated to mention the fact that uh, Austin is in the running for an MLS team via relocation. Uh, <laughs> um, noticed uh, Alexi Lalas talking with some of the MLS and Austin guys at South by. Noticed he has a new sticker on his laptop next to the Save the Crew sticker. He's got a MLS Austin mm-hmm. sticker. I love that guy, man. He's such a fucking troll. <laughs> like, I get that those. It's another two one. It, it just makes those, me go. What are you? What are you doing, Alexi? Like, <laughs> come on. I, I'm here for it. I I think he's hilarious. But anyway. Anything else for this week before we wrap things up? I think that's it. It's game time, man. We're there. It's game time. We had nothing to talk about this week. I'm glad we did a preview this week. So, 48 hours. We'll be, we'll be in the middle of the game. From right now. It's crazy. I hope we can watch this broadcast. I hope so too. I'm going to be real. I'm sure we'll be mad. The watch parties will be mad. There better be somewhere for us to watch this game. Oh God. Don't say things like that. Fucking Arizona. How do you lose? You're a four seed. Get good. Whatever. Hey, I'm going to give you some advice really quick. You can't lose your bracket if you don't fill out a bracket. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. We, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we do a family the ESPN tournament challenge thing so you get points for each team and yeah. every year it ends up being like we've got a couple guys in my family who are like really athletic really into basketball really pay attention 
Um, and uh, it's always like, you know, someone who doesn't pay attention at all and just pick teams totally randomly. And it's fun. I love it. I mean, if I filled one, a bracket out, I wouldn't have any clue what I was doing. I'd just be like, eh, you're good. Just pencil people in. Whatever. Uh, anyway, we will have a game to recap next week, and we will do that. So, looking forward to that. Until then, I've been Kyle Makey. He's been Larry Weathers. Um, thank you so, so much for listening. We will see... Oh, shit, I almost forgot. Maybe next week... Possibly, probably should have put this on the front end. Maybe I'll go back and put it on the front end too. Um, we may have a live show next week. Still working on the venue. Um, so follow us on TX Soccer Radio at TX Soccer Radio on Twitter and you'll get all the details. Hoping to do a live show next week uh, from a location in San Antonio that preferably sells out. Uh, we'll see. But until then (laughs) thank you so much for listening we will catch you next week on periscope 10 p.m same time as always have a good week